0: The text for the sermon this afternoon is John 15, the verses 1 and 2. We'll read those verses again, 1 and 2 of John 15, where the Lord Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, He prunes, that it may bear more fruit. So far the text is... beloved congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the congregation was blessed with the birth of another baby last week. Covenant child, wonderful promises signified and sealed by baptism here this morning. What kind of covenant child will this be when she grows up? I ask that because the passage we read in John 15 shows there are Two kinds of covenant children. One kind bears fruit and is pruned so that it bears more fruit, and the other kind does not bear fruit, dries up, and is thrown aside to be burned. Which kind of covenant person are you? Our text calls us to examine ourselves, something we also have to do before the Lord's Supper celebration this afternoon. And I proclaim to you our text from the Gospel of John then with this theme, Jesus Christ is the true vine. We pay attention to the vine, first of all, and secondly, the fruit, and thirdly, the branches. Firstly, the vine. We've considered in the past how the Apostle John, inspired by the Spirit, then notes in his Gospel how Jesus calls himself the the bread of life the light of the world, and the good shepherd. And now he designates himself as the true vine. And when an Israelite heard him say that, he would have thought of how the people of Israel were called a vine in the Old Testament in a number of places in the Old Testament. We sang from Psalm 80 about uh, Israel as a vine. You can think of Isaiah 5, where... Uh, Israel is also called a vine. Israel, a vine in Canaan. God planted it there, bestowed lots of care on it. In other words, he gave them sacrifices in the tabernacle, later in the temple. Gave them laws and regulations. Gave them a king, David, in his house. Gave them prophets. Cared for his vine, his people. Unfortunately, that vine produced very little fruit, very few grapes, bitter grapes, sour grapes. Israel kept forsaking the Lord God, ran after other gods, fell into sin and unbelief as a nation. It was a beautiful vine planted and cared for by the Lord God, you'd expect it to bear lots of good fruit, but the Lord was disappointed in the fruit of that vine time and again. However, when God's son was on earth, as we read in our text, he called himself the true vine. In other words, he is the true Israelite. He is the representative of of God's covenant people who does bear fruit. His life is full of the fruit of obedience toward God. Fulfilled the will of God perfectly. His life bore fruit completely and fully. Good, ripe fruit. He was obedient to death, even death on the cross. He fulfilled the law of God. He atoned for his people on that cross. And he rose from the dead and obtained for for his people the life-giving spirit. So Jesus himself is the true vine. But then he talks about two kinds of branches which are connected to him. Branches which bear fruit and branches which do not bear fruit. So those branches are not all believe, true believers because true believers all bear fruit and are not cast into the fire by the vine dresser. No, those Those branches are covenant children who have the promises of God. And as infants already receive baptism as sign and seal of those promises, they are grafted into Christ. Born in sin, taken by God, grafted into the vine, Jesus Christ. And then, as we heard this morning, two covenant children receive the seal of the promise that God the Father adopts them, will take care of them, will avert all evil or turn it to their benefit. That God the Son washes away all their sins with his blood. And God the Spirit will live in them and renew them. Every time again. Wonderful covenant promises are which, which believers and their children are given in Christ are sealed to them. And those promises, congregation, are held out to us again. In the proclamation of the gospel. And in the sacrament. Every Sunday, again, we're, they're, they're taught to the youth in catechism and at home, reinforced in the Christian school. In upbringing at home, church and also school, the Lord Jesus then, we could say, knocks on the door of the hearts of his children with his love. And as God's covenant people, we are called to open that door for him. Parents and the older generation have a special place in being Christ's door knockers, we could say, on the hearts of the younger generation. They have to exude love and thankfulness towards Christ in their daily living, in their going to church, being part of church, in the use of the Bible. Show what a privilege it is in this world and this life to have those promises in Christ, to be a covenant child. So many others do not know Christ, don't even have a Bible. We do. And Christ earned those privileges for us with his blood. He bought the Bible and the worship services for us with his precious blood. And young people will certainly notice if their parents see those things as a great privilege too. Notice the reverent thankfulness, the loving faithfulness towards Jesus Christ. They'll notice that in how their parents... Read the scriptures at home. Open the Bible. They'll notice it in the attendance at worship. And in the attitude with which parents and elders respond to good things as well as difficult things. The young people will see how, how they re- react. And they'll notice that in particular also in how we pray and what we pray for and who we pray for. In all those things then the young people feel the Lord knocking on the door of their hearts. And the younger generation will also notice, by the way, if there's no real love and gratitude towards Christ, no desire to serve him but to serve self. Instead, and then they hear, you know, and then they'll hear Father sigh when he takes the Bible at supper and he says, quiet, so I can quickly get through the reading and I can go on with things again. Or they hear mother groan to dad, can't we just skip church this once because it's such nice weather just to relax at home? Or, come on kids, let's go to church because otherwise we won't hear the end of it from grandpa. The The young people are sensitive to what they hear from their parents about this and about that and they notice if the parents are not interested in growing in the knowledge of the Bible in Bible study or so, children and young people are extremely sensitive to whether their parents and the older generation in church are really passionate about serving the Lord according to his word or not. And that's something the parents and all of us here need to be conscious of in our, in our walk and talk. We're the Lord's door knockers on the hearts of our children. Our second point was the fruit. Congregation... We are the branches grafted into Christ in the covenant of grace. All. All. But, as Jesus said in our text, there are branches which bear fruit, and there are branches which bear no fruit. Two kinds. And the difference is bearing fruit or not. And what is bearing fruit? Branches on the vines bring forth grapes, bunches of grapes. A vine doesn't produce apples or strawberries, grapes, a special kind of fruit. The same sap flows through the vine, into the branches, and to the fruit. Produces that kind of fruit. Christ is the vine. Christ had an attitude of love toward his Father and toward his will, his Father's will. And that means... Jesus Christ hated sin and evil, whatever dishonored his father. Well, every branch that is then connected to that vine will also hate sin and evil, whatever dishonors God the Father. Will have the same attitude. Will produce fruit, the same type of fruit. That's what makes it real fruit of the vine. When that fruit has the same Attitude as Christ the vine, the fruit of love toward God the Father, and hatred toward sin, the fruit of wanting to glorify God as Christ the vine, the true vine, glorified him. The same attitude which is in Christ, the vine, will live in the branches and come to light in the fruit that is produced by that branch. What kind of fruit? Adam Gray was a well-known Scottish Presbyterian minister. He was ordained at the age of 20 and he died at the age of 23 but left behind an amazing number of writings which were later published and in one of his writings he spoke about the fruit of the vine, the fruit of the branches of the vine and he listed examples of the fruit produced by that true vine. Some of them were this, like, as follows. As Jesus was thankful for God's works, we would be thankful for what God did and does. Those are fruits of the true vine through the branches. As Jesus was gentle and accepted God's way in his life, so we become gentle and accept God's way with our lives. As Jesus did not revile or insult when he was reviled and insulted, so we learn not to repay insult with insult, but to bless instead. As Jesus prayed for his enemies, so we pray for those who cause us difficulty. As Jesus was compassionate toward others, so we are compassionate toward others. As Jesus made the good confession before others, even before Pontius Pilate, we Learn to openly confess him before others without being ashamed. As Jesus honestly spoke to people about their sins, so we learn honestly and openly to address others about their sin too, if we see them stumbling. As Jesus hated sin, so we hate it too, and we can't watch it with pleasure. See, congregation, that's bearing fruit on the vine, the branches bear fruit. When they're connected to the vine. And then the vine dresser comes on a regular basis to see if the branches are bearing fruit. And then he either prunes for more growth or cuts off for burning one or the other. What the vine dresser does with the branches depends on whether they abide in the vine, as Jesus says in verses 4, 5, and 6. Abide in the vine, abide in me. What does that mean to abide? Well, think of that vine, how it pushes its sap up. It, it finds it, it has its sap, and it pushes it up and offers it to the branches of that vine. So the vine, Jesus Christ, offers up sap to the branches grafted into him. Forgiveness and the Spirit, and the love, comfort, and wisdom which come with the Spirit. And the believers then also in turn draw the branches, draw the sap out of that vine. They pray for it. They thirst for it in the preaching and the sacraments. And so Jesus Christ's forgiveness and spirit then flow into your heart and life and you bear fruit as branch of the vine. The fruit of his grace and spirit. But... Each branch has to abide in the vine in order to receive the sap of the spirit and to produce that fruit, good fruit, pleasing to the vine dresser. Maybe you can think of it something like a baby, uh, getting a full baby bottle. More than enough in the bottle to feed the baby. And when the bottle is put to the baby's mouth, the child sucks on the bottle Draws in the milk and the child can grow. But if that bottle is put to that baby's mouth and that baby doesn't suck on it that child doesn't feed and isn't going to grow but it's going to dehydrate and get weaker. Well, so in the covenant Christ is put to our lips in word and sacrament. If we don't thirstily prayerfully take him in if we don't desire to be fed with him in word and sacrament, we're going to wither and we'll become dry branches. We no longer abide in him. We need to take him in thirstily, prayerfully. Take in his spirit. And then we can grow. We will grow. As living branches of vine grow fruit, we'll grow fruit in our lives His spirit will flow into our hearts and lives and produce fruit for the vine dresser. That brings us to the third and last part of the sermon, the branches. Brothers and sisters, is there then that abiding in Christ, the true vine, with you? Are you a branch that abides in the vine? Is there a that drawing him in and producing fruit of the Spirit in your life? Real fruit of the Spirit of Christ? You know, there can be lots of activity in, in one's life. Faithful church attendance, zeal for many things in church, serious talk about church matters, membership in Bible study and so on. And it can be that there's still no fruit of Christ's Spirit being produced. All those things, though excellent, are only the external activities, excellent in themselves, but they don't necessarily represent the true fruit produced by the vine. No, the real fruit begins inside, grows out of a broken and contrite heart that thirsts for the forgiveness there is in Christ. Because of one's sins and sinfulness. A heart that seeks salvation and life completely outside of self and in the cross of Christ alone. If it doesn't begin there, you might be doing all the right things externally. But in fact, you're a withered branch. A branch that doesn't abide in the vine. And the vine dresser will come in time... And gather up those dry fruitless branches and throw them in a heap and burn them. And that's because those branches truly do not abide in Christ. They had all the same promises of Christ. But they really didn't take him in. Covenant children with all the promises. But withered branches which are tossed in the fire far away from the vine. So two kinds of covenant children both with the same promises. One kind does not abide in Christ and the other kind does. Jesus says in our text, every branch that does not bear fruit, the vine dresser takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. The branches which truly hunger and thirst for Jesus Christ for his forgiveness of their sins and for the indwelling of his spirit those branches abide in Christ and they take in the sap from the vine and you know a sleeve is attached to a jacket and a mirror is attached to the side of your car. But you can take that, the sleeve off. And you can take the mirror off the car. And it make, doesn't make that much difference to them in themselves. But a branch is not just attached to the vine. No, there is back and forth activity. It's a living thing between branch and vine. The vine pushes the sap up. And the branch draws it in the spirit of Christ and his gifts go from the vine into the branch and the branch desires it and drinks it in it's a very intimate living relationship between branch and vine Christ comes to you with his promises and you see your need for him and his cross and you seek him you want to take him in As you take in the bread and wine of the Lord's Supper this afternoon. And you see what I want to say with that too is. Bearing fruit isn't doing this and achieving that in your life. Bearing fruit isn't working hard. But it's needing Christ hard. And then Christ by his spirit. If you need him then He, by His Spirit, brings forth fruit in your life. Because nowhere do we read in John 15, nowhere does Jesus say, why don't you all go and bear fruit? No. He says, He who abides in me and I in him, he it is who bears much fruit. Isn't that humbling? Isn't that humbling? Without Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. Without him, we couldn't bear any fruit, a single grape. Without him, I can't fight the smallest sin in my life. Without him, I wouldn't be able to truly testify about him to anybody, my coworker or neighbor. Without him, I wouldn't be able to leave my smartphone alone during prayer. Without him, I can do nothing that amounts to fruit which God is pleased with. I can do nothing without him. And if I do something good then it's only from him whoever abides in him whoever in complete humility sees their total need for Christ and him alone that person bears much fruit the Lord Jesus says and that fruit then comes from him it's not yours it's from him he is the true vine, the real vine. How encouraging for us all, congregation. No matter how messed up you are, how weak, how afraid, if you abide in Him, He will cause you to bear fruit. Maybe you still think, I'm too afraid, I'm not sure enough about Him, but, but if you abide in Christ, He will cause fruit. Fruit to grow. And more and more. That's why he says in the text, every branch that bears the fruit of the vine dresser prunes that it may bear more fruit. You know, shoots with leaves, a lot of leaves, they're cut off from the branches because those leaves aren't producing anything, but they use up the sap for nothing, uselessly. Lots of showy leaves. Maybe looks nice, but the vine dresser isn't interested in showing leaves, showy leaves. He looks for fruit. So the Lord God cuts away things in the lives of believers which are useless, which don't encourage the growth of fruit. Sinful habits have to be cut away. They use up energy uselessly your work and following courses and upgrading your career, those are not sinful things in themselves. But if they use up all your time and energy and you have no time actually for the Lord anymore, congregation, they're not good anymore either. They hinder the production of fruit in your life. Having a good computer or tablet or smartphone doesn't have to be a sin. But if it uses up all your time and so much space in your head that you never end up reading a good Christian book or magazine, it it slows down or maybe even prevents the fruit production. Being involved in a hobby or sport's not wrong, but if it takes you away from worship, it's a waste of time and energy actually. No matter how much pleasure you get out of it. And then the worship of your Lord can't bring the Spirit of Christ to you, into your heart, to produce good fruit in your life. See, that's why the, the vine dresser also comes and prunes, he uses the sharp knife of the law. That knife cuts deep. The Lord says, I cut that away because it hinders you from loving and serving me above all. So I'm going to cut that away. And I cut that away because that's causing you to have little time to be busy with the gospel of your salvation. And I cut that away because that's pulling your heart away from me. And then you accept that. He's right about what I'm doing. I'm thinking, it's not right what I'm doing. And so by his spirit, the vine dresser of the Lord cuts away parts and makes you willing to fight against that sin in your life and you learn to pray, Lord, prune me. Help me to get those sins out of my life more and more. Cut them out. Come with your law. Admonish me. And the vine dresser not only uses the, the knife of the law, he also can use the knife of chastisement. He can also cut something out of your life by means of of an adversity you face. You lose your health or your job or your nice plans are dashed to pieces. He takes cherished things away or takes a loved one out of your life. And then it's painful when that great vine dresser prunes It's painful, can be terribly painful, but he allows those things so that you only bear more fruit. You learn again your complete dependence on him. You realize again that you're not in control of everything in your life, but he is. And you learn to live out of his grace in Christ again through those adversities. And the more you realize you need Christ the more fruit can grow in your life. Because it has to come from the vine. And then you realize you don't only need Jesus for extremely difficult situations, but always. And then you you become even more hungry and thirsty for your Savior. Also, at the Lord's Supper celebration this afternoon, every branch that bears fruit The vine dresser prunes that it may bear more fruit, more and more fruit to the glory of God until the final harvest. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for for blessing us with the words of the Lord Jesus this afternoon, our Savior. Words in which he calls himself, the true vine and he calls uh, his father the vine dresser and us the branches help us not to be withered branches on that covenant vine but to be living branches which abide in him and through him bear fruit branches which are pruned by the vine dresser in order to bear even more fruit all fruit of Christ's spirit help us by your word and encourage us by the sacrament to abide in Christ to seek our lives completely outside of ourselves in him because the more we do that the more he lives in us and we in him the more fruit he can bring forth through us. Lord God, let Christ therefore be our all. In his his name we pray. Amen.